Assalamu alaikum. Good evening, Radio Islam family. If you are listening for the first time, you are listening to Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. And if you are listening to the live stream, you are doing so on www.wcev1450.com. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program, and we air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we are coming to you live and direct from the wonderful and beautiful city of Chicago, Illinois. Unfortunately, tonight is a pre-recorded program, so you will not be able to call in. But you can go to our Facebook page, Radio Islam USA. Make sure that you've liked the page and give us your comments, any feedback or questions that you might have. And we will make sure that we actually do get to them. All right. We'll have those people who are participating in tonight's conversation. Um, we'll have them look at it and answer your questions or reply to your comments. For those of you who are on social media, aside from our Facebook page, we also have Instagram. Twitter, Snapchat. No, we don't have Snapchat yet. But we do have Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow us. And the username is the same username. And that's uh, at Radio Islam USA. At Radio Islam USA. Make sure that you follow, you like us, uh, stay in touch with us. We, we love to know what you think and how you, um, you know, how you, uh, how you feel about us. Right? That's important. So today we have a great conversation uh, planned for you. And I should not have led off with that, right? The old saying is, uh, you undersell and over-deliver. So I've said a great conversation. And so that puts a lot of weight on the uh, folks that are in the studio with us today. So we're going to be talking about a subject that many of you are aware of if you're following the news. Uh, this morning, I think it was this morning, uh, Megyn Kelly was a former, um, uh, former Fox uh, analyst and uh, news uh, host who complained about some information that came out regarding uh, Bill O'Reilly, who's also another former Fox uh, news personality. Now, she commented that she had uh, complained about inappropriate comments about basically about harassment, uh, and she had done so to the executives that were in a position to do something about that. So tonight what we want to do is we want to have a conversation about there's a culture there's a culture of silence, which she, uh, which she referenced in her, um, in her remarks today. Uh, there's a culture of, uh, of attacking the victims, those that speak out. And uh, this is something that, you know, it crosses boundaries. It's not related just to the corporate uh, sphere, but we find it, you know, uh, on the, you know, the everyday interactions uh, in the uh, religious circles. Uh, but we're just talking about it in general, and we're talking about it in the uh, within the uh, uh, framework of our interactions uh, in, in America, the United States of America, excuse me. We have with us in studio, we have four young professionals, uh, Muslims, and they're going to be giving us their input. So we have Aksa, who is 27, Umar, who is 24, and we have, what is it, Hafsa? Yes, I, I don't see you on the page. Oh, there you are. And she's also 24. And we have Rumesa. Really? <laughs> okay. And she's 20, she's 22. Welcome to you all. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so 
let me throw the first first pitch out and ask, why do you feel or do you all agree that uh, that our culture, the culture uh, that we live in, that it supports uh, victimizing the victim? And well, I'll just yeah. Does it support it? Does a does a what was it? Yeah. Does our culture, culture? Does the culture uh, in the United States? Does it because? All right, I'll give a little more more context, a little more meat to the uh, question. So we've got Bill O'Reilly. You know, he uh, he agreed to a I think it's a thirty-two million or thirty-three million dollar mm-hmm. uh, settlement. Uh, we also have uh, Harvey uh, Weinstein, the, uh, the you know. Uh, the Hollywood exec, and these are just two things that have come out within the past, you know, within the past month that are resurfacing and, and folks are talking about. So now we're having conversations about um, improper interactions, more so about the culture of victimization of women in the uh, not just in the United States, but you know, in the world. But we're we're talking about it from from our perspective where we are right now. So what what is it about our culture that is uh, facilitating this type of uh, uh, interaction? Well, I guess just to start off, I mean, both of those examples, those are people with money, you know, and they're obviously people with power, so they already have the upper hand in how things are, you know, how the story is controlled or if they can, like, prevent it by, you know, paying people to keep their mouths shut. That already, you know, distorts the narrative of what's actually going on. And that's why so many times I think when women speak out, and not just women, but in these examples, when women speak out, it's just multitudes of them there's more than like one or two it's oftentimes it's like many of them coming out together because that that's where their power comes from the numbers um because they don't they might not have the money they might not have the power like as you know the person who the predator or whatever in this case or those cases does so yeah i think our culture definitely you know we we have a we have a tendency to listen to the people with the louder voice. So, did you have that? Yeah, I was just going to um, second that. And I think there definitely is an issue that we're facing as a, as a society. Because like you mentioned, it's not only one person or, you know, something here and there. But it's something that's repeatedly coming up. And, um, you know, as a young man, I think that definitely has become part of society, part of culture. If you look at movies, if you look at TV shows, if you look at um, all the mainstream entertainment that we have nowadays, a lot of it is uh, accepting that kind of behavior and is legitimizing that kind of behavior, um, which unfortunately people are now acting on in real life. um, And they think that it's okay to do so. And so it's very alarming for me um, because I just see an upward trend um, and people think they can bully their way or, you know, whether it's through monetary things or through anything else, they think they can kind of buy their way through this stuff. But it's, it's really a, at the center of it, it's a problem of virtue. Um, and it's a problem of people's character more than anything else. Do you think that, uh, you say that there's an upward trend, do you think that it's not just that it's an upward trend, but there is a that we, we just happen to be in a space now where it is there's more light that's being put on something that has been taking place for uh, quite a long time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the main concerning things. Like like Aksa mentioned, you know, these examples that we have are people with money and power and influence. So how many more people must there be in the common people, in the average people that don't have the resources or don't have the opportunities to to come out and share this stuff? You know, how many thousands of people are we dealing with here? And that's really alarming for me. Um, both coming from an Islamic perspective as a Muslim American and also from an American perspective. I think there's this entire interplay here of culture and what's appropriate and what isn't, and all that is coming to light, unfortunately. So what about the idea of uh, victimizing the victim? You know, And I think that's, in my opinion, not uh, going to give you guys the floor, uh, that is directly related to a an unhealthy uh, relationship that we have with public figures, uh, where we look at them. We look at them uh, in ways where we we kind of strip their fallibility from them, uh, so that when you know when negative uh, things come to light, the response, the de facto response, is for people who appreciate them for whatever reason. Um, but for people to come to their defense as opposed to the to, to the aid or or even to give ear to the person who says they've been wronged. I feel like as humans, like it's it's like like it's like pretty normal to like I idolize um, someone else, right? To like look for a hero somewhere or to like a role model. And I think with like public figures, they I feel like they sign themselves up like being a public figure or like you know like like living that life or choosing that life for themselves to be like a role model or like someone to look up to and so i do think that they they yeah like when they do something wrong it is it it does become a bigger deal like as and like for example if you knew someone personally that wasn't a public figure who did the same thing it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a bigger deal but i feel like that's the the that's what they sign up for right so like they sign up for that scrutiny if they um I guess like screw up or whatever, and and then at the same time, I I feel like um like with with like with like also talked about like power coming from money. I think there's also a lot of power that comes from like popularity, right? And so like with that popularity and that money, you're and like people are looking up to you as like you know a role model or some kind of like you know like I guess like a hero kind of sometimes. Um, you. Like, you, I guess, like, you, you, like, you know that people have your back and you can kind of, like, like, I I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, the the Stanford basement study, right? Where, like, the people, like, it was just, like, people given power and they abused it, right? And they had no reason to abuse the power. They just did it, right? So I think that sometimes, like, um, public figures just have this, like, blanket of safety where they feel like they can do whatever they want. But I, um, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just about, like, them being like aware that like they're they're, like using their power responsibly whether that power comes from like popularity or money or um and i don't think oh sorry i don't think it ever happens just like it's never well i shouldn't say never but most of the times it's never just one thing that they did it's like for them i'm sure the person who's in power or whatever when they're abusing it it starts off small 
and they realize, you know, like, they can get away with it, and then it's another person, and then it's another person, and they realize, oh, my God, like, I have all this power. People love me regardless. I'm doing good work. They convince, they, like, lie to themselves. They convince themselves that um, what they're doing is not that big of a deal, and then slowly it turns into this bigger thing, and then, you know, all of a sudden they're exposed, right? And, like, uh, there's people coming out, and, you know, they're accusing them of doing this, and all this, like, old history, like, comes out, and... Um, that's you know the blanket that blanket is all of a sudden torn from them that blanket of safety and um when that's gone you know we i mean yeah it's human nature especially if you've idolized them um and and like all of a sudden you see like this other side of them it's human nature i think to first deny it and then um you know to come up with excuses and then when it when you run out of excuses to kind of maybe like you know make it less like to kind of think like okay well you know, like, maybe it's not, like, you know, you don't want to think of the worst of your idols because, when you know, if you don't have them to look up to, who do you have? And as humans, we kind of always want that, maybe. The question that, that it brings to mind for me is, are we complicit in our own victimization because we allow our heroes who represent the, the high, and, and a lot of times they represent uh, our own aspirations, right, whether it be uh, knowledge, money, you know, popularity, whatever it is. Um, but our, our, our efforts to protect them, right, and overlook possible, you know, wrongs or, you know, whatever, um, are, we, are we hurting ourselves? Um, well, okay, so I think there's, like, two parts to, like, our own, like, victimization. So the first part is... Um, I think that we want to find these people relatable to some extent. So we want to be able to say, like, oh, this is what I aspire to, but this is also what I could be. So if you look at someone who is successful in some way that you value, like, um, they're some sort of, I don't know, religious leader or they're, some, they're uh, successful in the field that you want to go into, you find them relatable, and then to some extent you might, like, I mean, you definitely probably see them as a role model, and to some extent you should try and imitate them. And so if something comes out that sort of outs them as like they're outs the negative side of their personality or something bad about their character it sort of throws everything you've done you know you've either you know consciously or subconsciously following them into like um like it makes it confused it makes it, it causes confusion for yourself right because then you're like well i was sort of following them i didn't realize i was following these people um and then as for if the other part of victimization i think and this isn't directly related to this is how we treat victims in our own society so when you hear something like okay a woman gets assaulted in a park we always we always hear it like this woman assaulted while running in a park or something right we don't say even if you know who the guy is we don't say man assaults woman in park as often right so in terms of these attacks or like any sort of crime against someone we like for some reason what's related to these sort of things we always phrase it as being something that happens to a woman not or a person and not something that is done to them mm. and so that also i think creates a disconnect between the people who do these things and the people they happen to um so i think yeah on, on that side that we do like allow victims to be victimized like going back to what you said earlier more than we allow like the perpetrators to be seen as perpetrators mm. okay anybody else care to weigh in on that Going back to your comment about um, people kind of wanting to idealize these people, 
um, and make them more than they really are. Um, I think that's exactly what it is. It's it's making idols, right? American Idol, right? Mm-hmm. This entire idea that we're even acknowledging in our in our culture that these people are there to be put on this pedestal. Um, and what people don't realize is that these people are human beings, um, and they're humans like everybody else. And we have the same from coming from a spiritual perspective. Every human being has things that they're working on mm-hmm. you know there's there's evil forces in the world there are good forces in the world there are bestial forces in the world and everybody is subject to those things and everybody whether they have power or influence it doesn't change their humanity and that's not justifying because people sometimes use humanity as a way to justify oh look i'm just human i made a mistake no you're you have to be obviously uh, accountable for that um, but that needs to be there. That doesn't matter how much influence, power, or money somebody has, they are still human beings, and therefore they can still make mistakes. And uh, we have one standard to judge that, which is our morality, which is our virtue, which is our laws. And so if anybody, it doesn't matter who they are, they breach those, then they're held accountable for it. They shouldn't be considered above or beyond the law or above or beyond morality or our standards of virtue. And uh, some people forget that um, because money and power doesn't change a person's humanity. I would like to go back to what uh, Rumesa mentioned, and and that points to the systemic aspect of this uh, and how victims are portrayed or how acts of <clears throat> how acts of, of, of violence in particular are um, are conveyed you know through the media and it's generally from a uh, uh, through a lens of putting the onus or the attention on the victim as opposed to uh, addressing the uh, you know uh, the offender so what are some things that um, I mean without just giving that that obvious answer but how do we how do we address this this cultural uh, make a make a shift where, you know, where we're more more cognizant of uh, of this type of thing happening and and, and start to change the, uh, the the narrative the way people see uh, victims. I think like I think a media the media is probably the most responsible for how we think today. Um, we all just kind of. I guess be more. We should scrutinize what we see. Um, we should probably, you know, hold the media, whatever you watch or listen to or read, we should hold them accountable for how they, you know, relay these stories. Like Romesa was saying, like you should now. Unfortunately, we all we think these things once it's happened, like things have happened. Now we're at this point where like, well, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? What can we do different? Um, and going forward like maybe we should be more um critical and outspoken about how the media portrays you know victims and how the media portrays like you know somebody who's like for example there was a you know whenever there's like a a mass school shooting or you know a shooting or public you know attack or something um there is now a lot of criticism about like the media putting this the person whoever did it right like this this their face all over you know and finding out about their lives and why they did it and whatnot and um so now i know there's like a little bit of pushback where people are like well we shouldn't give them this platform because it encourages other people to you know do this because it's like a little bit of a fame thing right Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of you know 15 minutes of fame 
from this horrible act. Um, so maybe our media should be held more accountable for like how they address these kinds of situations. Because that's how we'll get, you know, bigger change, right? And the way that people think and like and talk, I guess. So we're looking for more consciousness from our media. Um, and the media serves as a safeguard against, well, in theory, serves as a, a safeguard against corruption um, and abuse of power, which is kind of funny because um, our media was complicit in putting uh, someone into office who, in some you know, in the opinion of some, who who represents uh, just those you know just those uh, things types of people. Yeah, uh, abuse of power, uh, and then well, you know, I think this kind of leads into a different uh, conversation, right? And I'm I'm, at, I'm not making the assumption that we all share the same uh, political ideology, right? So you see things differently, you know. I love to hear it, but on the one hand, there is when we have people who have achieved some level of fame. Uh, or success, material, you know, educational, whatever. Um, and you have people who will come to their defense when they've done something or they're accused of doing something wrong. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having people come, you know, uh, to your defense uh, that they want to speak to your good character, or good works, whatever. Um, but on the other hand, there are also people who have fame and are still celebrated, even in spite of... Um, you know, even in spite of, of common knowledge, you know, uh, you know, things that they have done that are, you know, in opposition or, you know, totally, you know, uh, the opposite of good character. Right. So how how is one celebrated and the other is um, there's a, a need for the defense of, of one. And but the other if case you, know, you all don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about how our president has made some comments uh, on the campaign trail um, with with regard to women uh, and how he sees them and how he treats them. And he passed it off and said it was simply locker room talk. Uh, but he is still celebrated, still defended. On the other hand, we have other um, uh, other folks like the, the Harvey Weinstein, uh, where now everybody is quite a few folks in Hollywood have now turned their backs on him. And they're saying that, you know, this guy is the devil incarnate. Uh, so. What's what's the difference? How do you have how do we have these 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 polar opposites? I think you, like I, I know that we're not talking about this, but I feel like it's uh, go ahead and talk about it. No, like the <laughs> thing that I'm bringing up, but I I feel like it can be compared to like if you want to compare like Beyonce to like Kim Kardashian, right? Like Kim Kardashian has all her like I guess like all her like bad habits or like you know whatever like I guess like dirty whatever stuff out there right everyone knows that what what she does what she doesn't do like whatever yeah. whereas like beyonce has this like this like image where she's like perfect and like you know if you like in front of some girls like if you see something bad about beyonce like they're ready to jump you right like she has this like she is an idol like kind of thing right so if something came out with like kim kardashian's doing something bad everyone would be like not that exciting not that interested in making this big news if beyonce did something that was like you know like i don't know like politically incorrect it would become like really big news like you know like and I feel like it's the same thing, like, public figures that are kind of, like, more real. Public figures that are kind of, like, more real as in, like, they have, like, a human element to them. Um, they're just, like, I, I don't know if 
accepted is the right word, but they're not like I guess they're not as scrutinized, obviously, because they're like they have like they know who they are, everyone knows who they are, kind of thing, right? Versus like someone who has this like or who tries to have this like perfect image and of course we know no one's perfect but like you know with like public figures again like you start looking at, at them as heroes and then like you you just kind of like have this like image of them that like no they're they're not able to do anything bad right um so i i think that um yeah i think that's what like what the difference is right um to add to that i think there's actually another aspect um in terms of who uh, like actually get scrutinized or not so if you're looking at the Harvey Weinstein situation um, Rowan Farrell breaks his story and there's a bunch of actresses like like sort of really famous actresses like the ones who are make a lot of money nowadays and are still relevant who like back this story and say yeah like he harasses them or he I don't know rapes them or you know everything else they said happened right and then like if you compare that to like Rowan Farrell's own father like Woody Allen there is so much that he's done and there's it's like he's been a like he married his stepdaughter right like when she was a teenager right. and um, like after a whole, sexually abusing her after sexually abusing i mean her or and also i think ronan farrow's own sister um i don't really remember the specifics but basically he woody allen is still celebrated in hollywood like right now like as of like right now or like you know it's like i think it has a lot to do with actually who the victims are because if I think I guess we're reaching a point where if a bunch of actresses say that this person is bad we'll start to believe them but if it's like um, a couple like youngish girls who are I guess adopted or I don't really remember the situation we'll just sort of dismiss it because we really like this guy's films I guess um, so I think that sort of is something that also um, like affects how we like judge these people and then also related to looking at victims, it's, um, I think going back to what Uxa said earlier, um, sort of how we report them in the news, right? So if this happened a lot, I think when you're, you're reporting about these football players, I don't know, this is like a trend you've heard about, these football players who assault someone or like frat boys who assault someone. And then it becomes about, oh, these are such successful boys who are about to do this, that, and the other thing with their lives. But look at these girls. They were drunk in a frat house. What were they thinking? It's like you, it has a lot to do with who the victim is and what you can like sort of pin on them hmm. as well. Yeah. And I, I, to piggyback off of that, depend, it depends on who the victim is. A lot of the Vic, Harvey Weinstein's, am I saying his last name right? I think so. His victims, they're big names now. They have power now. But when they were victims, um, when it actually happened to them, they they had nothing, like nothing but their voice. But now they have money. Now they have, you know, fans. Now they have a little bit more power, you know, to work with. Um, so it really does depend, like, on who you, unfortunately, it really just, just depends on um, who you are and how much, what you've done and how much you make. Um, for you to, if you want to speak out, because I mean, a lot of those victims did speak out when they were younger, yeah. and what they did, you know, there was all these videos coming out where people have been making jokes about, like Hollywood's been making jokes about him. Um, they've been alluding to like what he does, you know, at, at parties, and like I think it was um, what's her her name, um, Courtney Love. Mm -hmm. right like who was like well you know she made like a comment she was like well if he invites you to this party don't go or whatever you know like everyone has been aware but until like you know you have i guess like money to back you, you it really doesn't matter what you say 
wonder if it has to do with money or I wonder if it has to do with money or if it has to do with like a following that um I guess just like a following that feels like they have a relationship with you even if like you know obviously like they're just like people who know you by name but like mm-hmm. like when you're a celebrity or a popular you know figure or something like whoever's watching you whoever knows you feels like they know you right they like feel like they know your life and like I wonder if it's just about like those girls when they were younger and like not known like people just they were like this this guy that we feel like we have a relationship with mm-hmm. versus like people that we have no idea what their lives are like we don't know who they are and like whether they're lying yeah and like I I wonder if it was like and I guess like I don't, I don't know if this happens or like we just don't hear about it but like I wonder if like a female figure who was like really big and popular you know had a reputation like that I and like you know younger boys are speaking out I wonder how like if and how it would play out differently she said that there's definitely some uh, consideration um, for um, for gender for uh, for status um, race Um, I don't know if uh, religion um, has but there, there are other factors that you know that come into play and how these issues are how they reported, how they received of uh, everybody. Well, what I'm interested, you know what? We're going to take a, a short break, Greater Slime Family. I'm just looking at the uh, at the clock here. Uh, but feel free, as I said, this uh, this was a conversation recorded earlier today. And uh, if you'd like to give a comment or a question, feel free to go to our Facebook page and post right there, Radio Islam USA. Um, but I will give you our number also, 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. Assalamu alaikum. On November 12th, Radio Islam will be hosting a benefit dinner held at Ashton Place in Willowbrook, Illinois. Our keynote speaker is Professor John Esposito, a long-standing ally of the Muslim community. We'll also feature an exhibit by the late Jack Shaheen. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com. Radio Islam is the first live daily radio show by Muslims. People are always talking about Muslims. It's time we talk back. Radio Islam the nation's first daily live call-and-talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. We are having a great conversation talking to some brilliant minds. Uh, they are. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Uh, and we're just talking about some of the, you know, some of the uh, conditions that we're faced with, you know, uh, in our country. And some of these things are not, they are not uh, specific to where we live. These these are realities that, that we are dealing with around the world, just in terms of uh, power dynamics, uh, abuse of power. Uh, and how how these things are reported, how victims are seen. Uh, and before we left, 
Oh, I should tell you. I'm just so excited to get right back into the conversation. Uh, this is Radio Islam. You are listening to WCEV 1450. If you're listening to our live stream, we are on www.wcev1450.com. And let's just jump right back in. So, uh, Ramesa, you were about to... Uh, you were not? Okay. All right. So, um, I guess I, I came to it too soon. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what we mentioned before we before uh, we left for the break, uh, we mentioned that that there is uh, an inter- intersection between um, uh, race and gender uh, status, and these all play uh, religion um, uh, that all play into how uh, victims are seen and how they're responded to. So it was mentioned earlier. I think uh, Aksa, I think you mentioned you said that these people now. Uh, with regard to the Hollywood scandal with Harvey uh, uh, Weinstein, that now they have followings, now they have money, and so, but now, and they are, you know, speaking out. Mm-hmm. But it took a while for them to speak out, right? Mm-hmm. It had if it if it had not been for, um, what's the young lady, Rose uh, McGowan, is that her name? Okay, I think that's that's what it is. If it had not been for her coming out and and speaking, you know, about the uh, abuses, uh, her own assault, mm-hmm. there would have been, or do you think there would have been a point where they would have come out and and said anything? And it's not a judgment question, right? Because I don't want anybody to think that you know what I'm saying you know, that she, you know, they didn't, they waited too long to speak. But um, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying. They have money. They have agency now. I think what happens, and obviously I'm not, I don't know because I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, I don't know exactly how this happens. But it, to me, it seems like that all these um, people that, you know, come, like all the voices that speak out, I think it happens over a long period of time. I think you have to, you know, one, and Harvey Weinstein is like an, a special, not maybe not special, but like he he's like a situation where it was kind of well known that he was abusing his power. But there's obviously there's situations where it's not well known where, you know, someone's abusing their power. And so you don't know the victim doesn't know that they're not alone. So a lot of times I think it just takes a long time because one, you have to you it takes time to figure out, OK, I'm not alone. And then, you know, bringing everyone together and like, you know, kind of or maybe organizing it takes some time. I'm sorry. What was your original question? (laughs) (laughs) That that means that I said way too much. No, I think I I, I think uh, complete that that train of thought. You you were right on. You're right on point. It was about their response. So they have agency. They didn't just get it. They just they have you know, they have. Those are some of the things that were mentioned in terms to uh, in terms of how people respond or or they keep them from responding because they they're in a position where they feel powerless or are they powerless and simply willing to endure um, endure degradation? You know, looking at this is almost kind of like a twisted right rites of passage. Um, that's a part of. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the system because say Courtney Love made a statement about you know if if Harvey invites you to this particular party you don't want to go mm-hmm. right which means that if she knows about it there are other people who know about it as well but that's not something that keeps or that has kept those who want to be in that you know arena out. 
Yeah, there's like a certain sense, I think, especially in our culture, to like get to the top, you're going to have to do some dirty things or deal with some people. And that's just like how it is. It's kind of like, well, you got to do what you got to do, you know, if you want to be where you want to be, because everyone's done that. Everyone ahead of you's done that. So deal with it. Um, and that's the kind of culture I think that we're also kind of battling right now that that's not okay. That shouldn't be, you know, that shouldn't be acceptable and it shouldn't be accepted. But I think that right now, like it's very much like outsiders, like we're outsiders talking to them because those people, like whether or not they change, I mean, who's going to, who's going to make sure that they change? Who's going to, who's going to police them, right? All that we can do is hope that when things do happen like this, that the people, the victims do eventually speak out. And unfortunately, it's never going to be like right away and things are not going to happen right away. Like no one's going to go to prison right away. Like right after it happens, it's going to take years because no one can tell you it's going to take, you know, no one can say like how long it might take for someone to recover and like finally find the courage to, you know, um, act or speak. Um, No one can say like how long it'll take. Right. So all we can do is kind of, you know, I'm again, outsiders. I'm using that word loosely. All we can do is um, kind of hope that, or like, you know, even educate people that if, if you don't have to deal with that, you should speak out. And um, if you're if you're a victim, more more likely than not, there's other victims also. Right. I just want to add something, too. I completely agree with that. Um, unfortunately, in pop culture, mainstream culture, and different fields, um, People think that they're entitled to things because, again, going back to the power and influence. And we as a culture have an obligation to show that that's not true. You know, that everyone has to be held accountable irrespective of how powerful they think they are or how amazing they think they are. And uh, there's an entire culture, I think, out there of intimidation and a right to entitlement. I think people feel like, oh, because I have so much money, because I can do so much for you, I'm entitled now to, uh, you know, to abuse or whatnot. And I know it sounds very sick, um, for lack of a better word, but that is how a lot of people unfortunately operate. And so we need to get out of these, these cycles of abuse that I think have become mainstream in many of these, uh, especially when a lot of money and power is involved, you know, you, you have somebody coming in with absolutely no experience and you're facing this this media muggle or this acting muggle or whatever, producer, whatever the case is. And so this is not okay. And it, we, we as a culture need to uh, make it unequivocally clear that it is not okay and that a victim is a victim and a abuser and is, a, is an abuser, regardless of what their circumstances are or regardless of where they are on the ladder. Um, and I think, I think an element of that is also that uh, men need to understand that they are not just entitled to certain things. And I think many cultures, like you were speaking about, this is a problem throughout the globe, many, many cultures are still, you know, bent on their patriarchy. They're still bent on you know, men have rights to things that they they really don't um, and that men deserve things that they really don't. And that is perpetuated when people get away with things. Mm-hmm. And so when you have people that do that and then now other people look and say, oh, that's okay, he's doing it, and then they go do it, and then you have a culture of this abuse, that's when it becomes very dangerous. And that's unfortunately, I think, where we are as a society. 
and we need to just make it clear uh, whether it's the media, whether it's our conversations, and most importantly, whether it's at home. You know, I think that uh, men, and you know, speaking as as a man here, um, you know, there needs to be education. People need to teach their sons, you know, this idea of chivalry, um, mm. this idea of respect, which I think has also been lost in our culture. You know, nowadays, uh, you know, types certain types of behavior, sexual flirtatious behavior, has become mainstream. People start thinking things are okay. That ways of speaking to people are okay. Ways of behaving with people are okay, and it shouldn't be okay. And that the first step to that is at at home, that fathers need to educate their their children, especially their sons, that this is the way. You, this is the proper way that you talk to a woman. This is the proper way you interact with a woman. And um, I don't know if that's if if that's going on or if that's something we need to work on. But looking at mainstream pop culture, I think that's definitely something that's withering away. Um, and it shouldn't be. I would add to that, um, that, you know, uh, culture determines values and values determine behavior. Um, and, uh, as a father, as a father of three daughters, you know, my, my focus has always been, you know, what I tell my daughters, um, they should expect, you know, from a man. And it's not necessarily what I say, but it's more about it's really it's more it's more my demonstration um, and how I treat my wife, my interaction with my wife, you know, open doors for her. Um, you know, she asked me for whatever, you know, then, you know, I, I do, you know, she, she's she's the boss most of the time. Um, but uh, but there's also a, a counter culture which exists. Uh, and that is where the idea of chivalry is is frowned upon and not necessarily from men, but from women mm-hmm. who see, you know, if you stop to open up a door and, you know, and she looks at you like, what's the matter with you? I can open the door myself. I don't mm-hmm. need you to open the door for me. Uh, so there, there's a tension that exists. And I think, you know, in my opinion, it's it's kind of representative of it's an extreme where we've gone from uh, where women have felt inhibited and subjugated uh, to uh, to an idea of expressing freedom, where it has become where it's it's freedom in isolation, as opposed to uh, a freedom that is representative of um, of a of a, a complementing between uh, you know between you know a man and a man and woman. So I think, I think, you know, our work is cut out for us uh, on, a, on a societal level as far as, you know, changing culture. So let me ask this other question. Um, some folks, you know, uh, have argued that people who, uh, and we're speaking specifically about uh, the women, they say, well, why didn't they use, utilize their agency? Why didn't uh, they speak up for themselves? Why didn't they just leave, right? Aside from the fact of, and I think you pointed out very well, um, Oxa, about you know, people see this particular life, they see this goal as being something that's worthy of sacrificing for, uh, even if it means sacrificing parts, you know, of themselves. Um, but do you think there is a, there is a mental, a mental hold, much like uh, the thing that I thought about was uh, slaves, right? Um, those who were enslaved, you know, African uh, slaved uh, in America, 
where somebody, you know, it, it would it would be like somebody going and and blaming them for not running away mm-hmm. after generations of this being their culture, right? This being what what they have been used to, where they have been psychologically, because you know every slave did not run away. There were some who had the the wherewithal to realize that this is not uh, representative of you know of who I am as a, a human being, uh, but there were some who were of the mindset that, that said that, you know, basically they were psychologically uh, broken. Do you feel like that in in that light that we also have the same scenario in these uh, uh, situations of abuses of power and uh, oppression? Absolutely. I think we're so easy to, like, it's so easy to dismiss, like, you know, what ha- what's happened to someone because we're like, well, why didn't they speak out sooner? Why didn't, you know, why didn't Bill Cosby's um, victims speak out sooner? That's the one that... For me, I was just like, well, what do you, like, obviously, you don't know what was involved. We don't know what was at risk for them. We don't know if they were putting aside their own personal trauma for their career. Because for, you know, for a lot of people, like, I mean, your career is so important. Like, and you're willing to, like, look aside, like, for the little things, like, okay, I'm not getting any sleep. It's okay. Or, okay, I'm not getting any, um, you know, I'm not, I don't have a social life. It's okay. And unfortunately, maybe for them, it was, okay, well, I'm being abused but you know it's okay unfortunately that's a psychological thing like that's they've been told like you know by someone maybe who they admire and idolize that this is part of the job and um they believed it and i think that speaks uh i think that says a lot about um about our society more than it does about that person um more than anything okay i feel like um I feel like it's a really good comparison, like, uh, the, uh, like, I guess, like, the, like, the civil rights movement, uh, the civil rights movement and, like, what's happening, you know, with, um, like, what we're talking about, because, like, I remember in Malcolm X's book, um, he talked, like, he talked about, like, you know, there was, there was this movement of, like, um, you know, like, I guess, like, like, black people demanding their rights and, you know, like, demanding to be, like, um, treated is equal, and then there was like a group, uh, like a large majority of um, people who, like African Americans, who themselves were like, you know, this is the best it's gonna get. Stop like causing tension, you know. And I feel like, like that might be the issue of why people aren't speaking out, because for them, it's like this is the best it's gonna get. This is what I have to get through to get to where I want to go. And like, I think like, I guess like bringing Islam, I guess, into the picture a little bit. Like as Muslims, like we know that like it is possible to have like a I guess a society with like, um, you know, like uh, not privilege, but like you know, like how there, there's a story that when Umar anhum was um, Khalifa and his son was in Egypt and he got drunk and he, um, I, I don't, I don't know if he just got drunk or like he he caused some like ruckus, right? And then like the, um, I guess like the person who was in charge of that area was like, oh, like don't worry, I took care of your son. Like I just like scolded him, you know, I didn't give him the full punishment, and then like called him to Mecca, and then gave him, like, the full punishment of, like, whatever lashes, or, you know, whatever, just to show, like, there's no, everyone's going to be treated exactly the same for the same crime, you know, like, there's there's not, like, if, if a male commits this crime versus a female, they're going to get, or, like, someone who has more money versus someone who doesn't, you know, everyone's going to be treated under the same, like, law and whatever, right? So, like, we, I guess we have this, like, concept of, like, yeah, we there's, like, it's very, like, 
it's been a long time and like it's very hard to get to but there is something that could be like a perfect world and like that perfect world comes from like a connection with god but like for a lot of people like they don't have stories like that to look back to right they just have like what's happening right now how is society right now and they're like this is the best that it can be and like this is the only choice i have like there's no other way there's no like to think that there's an other way is very like idealistic and it's fake So do you think it's more about not being basically you either a uh, you either being victimized or you're a victim? No, that's that I just said the same thing twice. <laughs> you you're a victim you're a victim or you're an oppressor, right? Um and uh and as such there's not a middle ground. Uh and because there's not a middle ground, really what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at is that in our society that there's more of a an aspiration for a for a place of privilege as opposed to a place of, of equity uh, where people want money or they look for status, they look for fame, whatever it is to be basically not necessarily above the law, but but to receive special treatment, because what is it to be famous um, or to you know have a lot of money? If, if it does, if it does not come with a certain amount of privilege. Now, we know from our uh, perspective as Muslims, you know, uh, God tells us that he there's only a, a difference in our value. Our value is based solely on our uh, on our remembrance on our reverence of Allah. Right. Uh, you know, on our, our taqwa, you know, and uh, our piety. Right. So. That has nothing to do with how we value or how we, you know, set our goals in mainstream society. So, so what's my question? I think I forgot my question. So my question, my question is, uh, uh, do you think that there's an in-between? Yeah. Where victims are benefit or where. Is there in between where where people are actually without realizing it, just looking to be on the side that is not being victimized, not necessarily looking for uh, an equity across the board. They just you know, we're looking as individuals, you know, all a part of the whole neoliberal, you know, uh, ideology where it's about the individual, where people are looking to secure their own space. Uh, and, and it's not about what is necessarily best for uh the community, you know, or society, you know, uh, writ large. <clears throat> yeah. Right um, well, yeah, I think definitely people are trying to look out for themselves um, in m- many times, and they know that this is the game being played, and if you don't want to get played, then you, you're at a place where people can't touch you. I think that's a very natural response. Um, but in these situations, we need to be asking as as people, how did we allow it to get to that point? You know, why why is it that people in power are not uh, feel like they're above the law? You know, because these are all societal issues, and when we're talking about these issues, uh, we're not talking about them from the from just the purpose of having a conversation, but we're trying to think of solutions, and those solutions have to come at a societal level. Um, because obviously society is made up of individuals and, you know, when individuals get hurt, then that means something in society is dysfunctional. Um, and so I think definitely 
that is an issue, that why do people feel like they're above the law? What circumstances have caused that to occur? Um, and and we that's actually the number one um, indication of an unjust system, that when the, the rich or the influential can get away with things and the poor and the downtrodden can't, or the poor and downtrodden feel like they cannot hold people in power accountable. And I think that's what a lot of people are too, is that when victims become victims, they're very scared and intimidated to actually come out and say anything because they know that, uh, people were talking about that earlier, they know that this person has a following or they know this person has the influence and you know they can buy their way through stuff. And so as a society, we need to come, with, come up with solutions for how we can stop that. How, how can we become more fair? How can, it, how can victims feel more comfortable in coming out and speaking out when unjust, injustice happens to them? Um, I, would, <clears throat> I would add on to that. I think that was a, that was a wonderful point. Uh, this is where I think leadership comes into, is, becomes really critically important. Um, not in a sense of being perfect, right? Not because the whole idea of um, of idolizing, you know, celebrities, you know, whatever field they are, it becomes detrimental when those who are being looked at or being put up on a pedestal don't have justice as a mandate upon themselves, don't have the up, you know upholding of justice uh, as something that is uh, part of their core uh, their, their core principles. Once again, why I make reference to our commander in chief. Um, when you don't have uh, leaders, people who have the the respect or the, um, I guess, the deference of the you know of the population, uh, and you don't have a leader who is who is willing to do you know as as, as God tells us in, in our Quran, you know, oh you who believe stand firmly for justice, you know, even as witnesses against yourselves, right? Um, when that is absent, then everything is basically, you know, runs haywire. It's very difficult to have justice in, in a society in any any facet when you don't have people that are uh, in leadership. Like you couldn't have a Weinstein or Weinstein uh, if there was someone within the leadership of, you know, of Hollywood movie production or whatever uh, that would have stood up and said, no, you can't, you can't do what you're doing, you know. Uh, the same thing for, you know, for, for any area, whether it's, it's policing, education, finance, you know, people like Bernie uh, Madoff who ripped off and took the life savings of, you know, so many, you know, people. So I think to have a systemic change, it has to, it, it's embodied, you know, that society is ready for that change when you have leadership that embodies, you know, um, a, a commitment, you know, to justice and to equity which we don't really, we don't have right now. So I think that's part of our, our mandate. Um, I want to thank all of you. Anybody have a, a closing statement that you'd like to make? Yeah, I do. Go right um, ahead. Just to add Remember on that. to whether a victim should or what it means if a victim doesn't come forward. Yeah. If you think of it from a victim's point of view, they're dealing with sexual harassment or some sort of like sexual assault or something, right? And on top of all the emotional and psychological and physical trauma that comes with that, you're telling them, if you're telling them, oh, you have to come forward about this, and they're realizing that in doing so, they're going to have to sacrifice their career as well, aren't they losing twice? Absolutely. So, like, we, I don't think that 
there's like this sort of like I mean is it like I don't think we would, I would ever describe like, a victim as like complicit or something in this system because they should have like obviously you should have a right to justice right but also yeah. how unjust is it to ask someone to also give up everything else and sort of put their whole life out there for people to um, scrutinize just because you know this thing happened to them and they want justice for it right because how many times does like when when a victim comes out, going yeah. off of that, when the victim victim comes out, that's what they become, right? Like, oh, they, oh, they, a double they, they, Yeah, like if you Google their name, that's all you'll find. Like they're a victim of this or blah 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 blah. So they really don't have another identity after if they've come out, you know, with this kind of, or if they've kind of <laughs> spoken out about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to thank all of you for sharing your perspectives, you know, your, your insights. And I hope, uh, Radio Slime family, I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. Uh, as I said earlier, if you would like to uh, give your comments, so if you, got, you have any questions about anything that was said, feel free to post it on our Facebook page. That's at Radio Slime USA. Uh, the, what else do I want to tell you? Oh, don't forget about the Radio Slime dinner on November 12th at Ashton Place. We will be honoring Professor John Esposito, who has written probably more books about uh, Muslims and Islam than uh, just about anybody else. Uh, so we're going to be honoring him. We'll also be launching a crisis text line, uh, as well as displaying the A for Arab uh, art exhibit, which was done by the late Professor Jack Shaheen. So thank you all for listening. We're looking forward to uh, talking with you tomorrow night. The producer and host for this episode of Radio Slime is yours truly, Tariq Elamine. We thank our guests for joining us. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. So we look forward to uh, talking with you guys tomorrow. And we thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure that we come through loud and clear. So I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.